I can see that a lot of you know what's coming up this week because I see a lot of reds and pinks. And, and so, of course, it's Valentine's Day. It's a day that we celebrate love. We celebrate that person in our life that means so much to us. Or we, or we wish there was a person in our life that meant so much to us, you know, one or the other. But you know what? We always have somebody that means so much to us, and that is God. And his story is the greatest valentine of all, what he did for us. And so, you know, if we consider Valentine's Day as a day that we celebrate love, I have to say... Uh, then we're celebrating God because God is love. And so to have that kind of a revelation of God's love is something that Paul, and we'll look at that if you want to look at Ephesians. Um, let me see, where is I? Ephesians, I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's okay. Ephesians, where are you? Ephesians 3, I think it's 18. But God is telling us, or Paul would pray that we could understand, that be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height uh, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that we may be able, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. That is so amazing. To be able to grasp love is to be able to grasp who God is. If we look at First uh, John four sixteen, uh, when you get there, it says, "And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him." That's that is so huge to wrap our minds around. We we can study love the rest of our lives and still not fully comprehend it because God is love and we will never be able to comprehend the fullness of who God is. And so as we look to love what God is, uh, it changes our world. It changes how we look at life. It changes how we perceive things. It, it changes how we trust God, when we understand what love is, when we understand uh, that God loves us, when we understand that he is the, completely encapsules what love is, when we get glimpses of that, it makes us powerful because love is powerful, because God is powerful. There is not anything more spiritual than walking in love. Why is that? Because God is love. And so if we are his disciples and we want to, uh, you know, look and follow after him, what is the thing that should be flowing out of us the most? It's love. It's love. It's more, you know, if we look at uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3 in the Amplified, 1 Corinthians 13 is such an amazing chapter to get a glimpse of what love is. But it says in verse 1, If I can speak in the tongues of men and even angels, but have not love, that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, such as is inspired by God, 
God's love for and in us, I am only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. I mean, sometimes we can think certain things are so spiritual, but if they are not motivated by love, if they are not coming through us in love for for whoever that we're, uh, you know, whatever words that we're speaking to people, if it's not motivated by love, it is a gong. Isn't that crazy? I have to tell you, there have been times where some of my words were gongs. I'm sure everyone in here has said some words that have been gongs in someone's life. (laughs) But praise God, the more that we go after him, the more that we desire to find out who he is, the more that our words become less like gongs and more a blessing to the people that are in our lives. Let's go to verse 2. And if I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, and understand all the secret truths and mysteries and possess all knowledge, and if I have sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not God's love in me, I am nothing, a useless nobody. I mean, how straightforward can that get? (laughs) Love is so important. It is so important. Let's go on. (laughs) Even if I dole out all that I have to the poor in providing food, and if I surrender my body to be burned or in order that I may may glory, but have not love, God's love in me, I gain nothing. I mean, that's so powerful to just realize the importance of the love of God that is not just in us, but that love of God that goes through us to everybody that we come in contact with. But this morning, I want to really emphasize more the fact that God is love and he loves us. Because when we have an understanding of him, and his love, and the fact that he loves us, we will naturally yield to his love and give it to other people. But a lot of times, the reason why we're not always loving is because we don't understand that he loves us. Or we don't understand what his love is for us. You know, we see the Old Testament, and we see some of the things where, you know, uh, these people were disobeying Moses, and, and the ground splits, and, and they fall in the ground, and you're like, oh my gosh, that, that's such a harsh God. <laughs> you know, there's some of these things that we think, oh, that, you know, oh, that doesn't seem like love. But you know what? God is loving, and he is kind, and he is especially kind to those that are humbling themselves before him. And as we open our hearts and we're yielded to him, he doesn't have to split the ground open to swallow us up because we're actually looking for him. We're wanting to be, we're able to get his tender mercies because he sees our heart and he knows that we are looking to him. And so uh, he is a very merciful God. He is a very patient God, a very understanding God. 
he sympathizes with us because Jesus came in the form of man. He understands our plight. <laughs> he understands uh, our uh, knowledge of who he is because he had to go through it himself. Jesus, when he was on earth, had to find out who he was. He didn't know it from the beginning. He had to find out through the scripture, through the word, who he was. And that is our example. You know, sometimes we try to find God without the word. We just like, you know, like to sing to him. I love to sing to him. But if I don't have an understanding of the word, I am not going to fully understand who he is. And so it's that mixture. Yes, I worship him. I love to worship him. I, I love to sing to him all day long. But if I don't know who he is, it makes it harder to fully understand and comprehend. And so it's that balance between the word and loving on him and magnifying him. So we are going to be much more effective in our lives when we have an understanding that God is love and that his love is toward us as believers, as Christians, as followers of the mighty king, the greatest being of all, as we follow after him and understand his love, oh, the power and the, and the truth that become known to us that help us to be able to affect the world, to be able to run our race with boldness and with confidence. And so uh, let's look some more at 1 Corinthians. Uh, let's look at verses 4 through 8 right now. Love suffers long and is kind. It does not envy. So when we're reading through this, I, I want you to picture God like this because God is love. And so all of these, uh, this definition that God is giving to us in 1 Corinthians is to show us who he is. He is revealing himself to us right now. Love suffers long and is kind, does not envy, does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek, seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Love will never stop, but these things will stop. One day, whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Why? Because we're going to be in heaven. We're going to be knowing personally and experiencing God for who he is. But love will never, ever go away. It will never stop. It will never end because it's always been, always will be. And that love is God. They are one and the same. Love, God. God, love. Let's look at 1 Corinthians um, 4 through 8, 13, 4 through 8 in the Amplified Classic because it just expounds more of what is love. What is God? Who is he? How does he think towards me? 
How does he act towards me? Is he the type that just is here today and I mess up and tomorrow he's just like out of here? That's not God. God is the type that he is for me whether or not I mess up or do everything perfect. He is, you know, people are with you one day and gone the next. God is not like that. But a lot of times we look to people as being our example of who God is, whether it's a family member, whether it's, uh, you know, a boss, whatever. We can have somebody that has left us, hurt us, walked out on us, and we are not sure if that is how God's going to do it, if I don't do everything right. There are people that strive very much to do everything right. And when they are uh, on their deathbed, they're still not sure if God loves them and if they're going to go to heaven. They have no clue. And they've spent their entire life trying to do everything right. But God, they just did not have an understanding of his love. They did not understand that he cares about them whether or not, I mean, the, the greatest sinner, if they bow their knee to Jesus, can still experience the love of God, the forgiveness of God. Maybe humans don't want to forgive them, but Jesus will forgive them. And he will not only just say, okay, you're forgiven, he will not even remember it. The, the, the man who was on the cross next to Jesus, who was uh, dying because he had done stuff wrong, and he called on Jesus. Jesus, he's going to meet the Father, and the Father is not even going to be like, oh, you did this wrong and this wrong and this wrong, because he had accepted the blood, the price that was being paid for him right then and right there. And so when he is in heaven, he's not standing before Jesus and God's going, okay, you remember when you did this? You remember this sin that you did? You remember this sin and pointing at it so that everybody in heaven can see it? <laughs> he's not doing that. He's saying, I will remember it no more. Can you believe that? I mean, that is the kind of thing that we are getting a hold of because if we can get a hold of that truth of his love for us, we will never have a problem trusting him. We will never have a problem understanding that he will perform those promises for us. Well, you know what? I, I've done this wrong and this wrong and this wrong. I don't know if God will do it for me. Yes, he will. Because he's not fickle. And if you put it in his word, that promise is for us. That promise is for us, and it's for us to seek him out and understand him. So let's read through this again uh, in the Amplified. Verse 4, love endures long, puts up with all the things that he's been telling you forever and ever. Would you please do this? And you're still not doing it, and he's enduring. <laughs> he's, he's putting up with you. He's, he's enduring long, and he's patient. You know, God is not the type that forces himself on you. He does not say, you better do it, and if you don't do it, all this bad stuff's going to happen to you. Now, we may, we're in a fallen world, we may experience certain things, but he, he is at your back saying, do this because this is good for you. 
And then he's patient because sometimes we're not quick when he tells us to do something. Sometimes we're slow about it. And so he's just patient there. He doesn't go away. He doesn't give up. He's like, okay, this is good for you, but if you want to be stubborn, you can be stubborn. <laughs> I'll wait for you. <laughs> He's good. He loves us. So he is kind. God is kind. Love is never envious, nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily, it is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. God is not prideful. Pride is not from him. A lot of the sin that, that we experience with people is pride. Maybe they think they're better than you. you know, kids go through this all the time in high school and middle school and, you know, my daddy has this, so therefore I'm better than you. What? <laughs> I tell our kids all the time, you are a child of the Most High God. <laughs> it doesn't matter about your daddy. It matters about your father. And he is the greater one, and he is in you. And so that is amazing. So not inflated with pride. It is not rude. God is not rude. He's not unmannerly. He does not act unbecomingly. He's not a put-down God. He will not knock you down, tell you how bad you are. Now, he may reveal to you his perfect will, but he's not going to do it in a way, if you're looking to see, is this God or is this uh, not God, one of the things is if it empowers you and makes you feel like you can do it and you're able to do whatever, that is coming from God. He will lead you like that to make you feel, if, if you feel like you want to quit and give up, that is not from God. But if we are looking to him and he's like, you know what, uh, you, this is what's good for you and you can do it. Because I'm telling you, you can do it. He will strengthen you. He will give you what it takes to be able to do it and to run. All right, so we'll keep going. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. If there's anybody that could insist on you do it my way or the highway, it's God. But he gave us a free will, and he lets us choose. He tells us, he will show us, he will reveal himself to us and reveal the plan of God, but he will not force you. He will, he will show it to you, and then he will let you choose what you're going to do. And you can see it because he doesn't make everybody become saved. He doesn't make everybody listen to him. And so if he's not going to do that, how much more should we allow people to make choices and decisions for themselves? And it's not easy. When you love somebody, you do not want to see them fall off the cliff. And you yell to them, that's the cliff, that's the cliff, stop, stop. And they don't always listen. And sometimes they fall off the cliff, and then what do you do? You go down to the bottom of the cliff, and you bandage up the bruises, and you help them, and you walk them through, and you say, you know what? Uh, it, there's good for you. <laughs> and that's God. He is so patient with us. He is so patient for it, with us. So uh, he is not self-seeking. 
he is not touchy or fretful or resentful. Again, he's not going to be, you did it wrong, I'm out of here. He is not a touchy God. He is not somebody that just loves you today and then you messed up and, you know, sorry, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. That's not how he is. Love does not take account of the evil done to it. This, if you look around, I mean, there's people that you naturally just want to give up on, and God doesn't. I mean, he is so patient. You're, you're just like, wow. And, and they can do and say stupid things about him, and he doesn't give up on them. You're like, I would have quit a long time ago. <laughs> but the more we get to know God's love, the less we want to quit, right? So it takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. People crucified Jesus, and he still laid his life down. Isn't that amazing? It's just hard to fathom. It's hard to really completely grasp and understand that. Love does not rejoice at injustice or unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Isn't that amazing? God is with you no matter what is going on. He is with you. He is for you. Uh, it, never, uh, it, it is ever ready to believe the best of every person. I like to think of God as my biggest cheerleader. You know, he's in heaven. He's with me. He's just saying, you can do it. I love you. You're go team go. Go team go. Not boy, you messed up. Wow, you're a failure. <laughs> that is not God. He is so with me. You know, sometimes when I I go to sleep at night, I'll just be like, "Oh, I'm his beloved." So I can sleep tonight cuz of that scripture. He gives his beloved sleep. I'm his beloved. God loves me. He's he's on my side. He's for me. And that's so much better than to think, gosh, I just really messed up today, here, here, and here. Okay, I might have messed up, but God is with me. He loves me. He's for me. And you go to sleep like that, you will rest. <laughs> the more you understand how that God loves you, you will not have trouble sleeping. Because you're like, okay, God's at my back. He's with me. He's for me. He loves me. We're all growing in this, so it, it, you know, if we don't sleep well, because I have to say there are still nights that I wake up and I'm like, I have this thought, this thought, this thought, this thought. But you know what? God still loves me. <laughs> I'm learning his truth. I'm growing in it. All right. So love bears up under anything and everything that comes is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances and it endures everything without weakening. God endures everything. His love for us endures. It doesn't change. It's not here today and gone tomorrow. It's not like 50% today, 75% tomorrow, 25% the next day, and then, wow, this was a good day. 100% love from God. <laughs> it's a constant. It, it never changes. And then uh, it the Bible says in verse 8, love never fails. It never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. There are other things in life that will come to an end, 
but God's love will never, ever come to the end. When, when we are in heaven, we will experience the love of God in a way that we have never been able to experience it here on earth. It will be so perfect. It will be, we will see face to face the love of God and what a day that will be. And you know, I do believe that part of the reason why we don't, why uh, God did not write a lot about heaven is because he's being merciful. <laughs> We'd want to get there a lot sooner if we really understood fully what heaven's about. And so he gives us glimpses. He shares with us. But while we're here on earth, we have a race. We're running. And so we're keeping our eyes focused here on earth. So God uh, um, loves us. I want to look at 1 John 4, 9, and 10. He is here always. His presence is with us right now. Why? Because he's in us. He's in us. He loves us. 1 John 4, 9, and 10. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. We're not supposed to live life alone. We are never alone. But we have God in us all the time. And he is with us all the time. Let's look at verse 10. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. God loved us before we were born, before we ever did anything for him. He loved us. He sent Jesus to die for us before anyone in this room was ever alive. He made provision for us before we were even here on earth because he cares, because he saw ahead. He knew we needed a savior. He knew we were going to mess up. He knew we needed divine intervention. And he paid that price ahead of time for us because he loved us. And so to think that there's something that we can do to change him. Okay, I'm messing up today, so God's going to change because I messed up. No, he doesn't change. His love is constant. His love is perfect. And so we, he loves us. Uh, John 3, 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Isn't that amazing? We were all have done things that God could condemn us, but he's not condemning us in heaven. He's not. The only thing that separates us from the love of God is if we choose not to believe on him. That's what's separating us from the love of God. And so God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. It's 
again, just something to wrap your mind around, that your relationship with him is constant. He, on his part, he is always there. He's a gentleman about it. If we choose to be like, okay, not today, God, he's not going to force himself on you. But if you run to him, he's there. You don't have to go around looking for him and saying, where are you, God? I really want to see you. I need your help today. No, he's there. His word says if we draw nigh to him, he's going to draw nigh to us. It doesn't change. He's always there. Sometimes we walk away, but he's always there. And as soon as we turn towards him, his power was always available for Peter when Peter was walking on the water. The power never changed. What changed was Peter's mindset, what he, his gaze. When he was focused on God Almighty, the power that was available to him, he could walk on water. He did mighty, miraculous things because his gaze was on Jesus. And then as soon as he started looking at the cares of this life, the wind, the waves, he began to sink. That's when he did not believe that God was big enough to get him fully over there and thought that the waves and the circumstances of life were bigger than Jesus' ability to get him to walk. That's when he began to sink. But God's love, what happened? He cries out, Jesus, help me. What did Jesus do? Say, oh, Sorry, you're going to have to drown today. (laughs) You messed up. (laughs) Jesus picked him up, helped him, rescued him. We are not going to be perfect. We just aren't. We strive, but we're not going to be perfect. But Jesus is always there. And as soon as we look, we turn our gaze from whatever it is that's distracting us, as soon as we turn it back to him, he's there. He was there even when our gaze wasn't on him. We just didn't realize it. So any time that you're in a situation, I'm in a situation that I need God, he's there. He's there. Sometimes people feel like, well, I'm just waiting on God. He's there. He's there. Some of it is our pressing into him and understanding that he's there and understanding that he cares, and understanding that he loves us. And the more we do that, we will trust him. We will believe that he is for us, not against us. And so that requires uh, getting to know him. And he's revealed himself to us in his word. He's revealed himself to us. He is showing, he is, he's draw, if we draw near to him, he, he is right there. He's right there, and he wants us to see him. He wants us to know him. Uh, When we fully understand, or not even, even if we partially, because none of us are going to fully understand the love of God until we see him face to face. But when we understand God's love for him, uh, it will take care of all trust issues with him. a lot of things that we don't believe that God will do for us is because we we're not 100% sure if he wants to do it. And as we press into him, you know, when, when, we're at, when uh, teenagers are at school, um, 
you know, sometimes I, I, I believe I believe childhood is is a big time where uh, how we see, how we perceive ourselves, are formed a lot of times. Well, definitely in childhood. I, again, it's reinforced as an adult and all that. But as children, how we see ourselves is um, is definitely started in in our formative years, and so uh, so that's why. We, uh, I, I believe that a lot of times they are teased, <laughs> made fun of, sometimes rejected, made to feel like they're insignificant. Sometimes, you know, those thoughts, those thoughts come to everyone. And so if, if the devil can make you feel like you're not worth anything at a young age, it means that there's a lot of understanding that you're going to have to learn as to who that God is and he loves you and he's got your back and he's for you and he's with you and he's on your side. If you haven't known that growing up, there's a lot of that that you're, that you're learning. And he is revealing himself. But I know as a child, there's a song that we used to sing growing up. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but we, he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. A little too high. I, anyways, so I won't sing the rest of it because it's high. I, I chose the wrong key. But um, Jesus loves me. What a truth for children to be able to grasp and to understand. And at a young age, that truth is already trying to be beaten out of them trying to say, uh, Jesus didn't love you. He made you a failure. You're not cool. You're, you're not slick. <laughs> you know, all these different things, this image that he is trying to put into our children and into our teens and into our middle schoolers that somehow they are less. And yet, they're not. They have the greater one on the inside of them. They have God Almighty at their back. He has a plan for them from the beginning. He's already ordained them. And as they draw close to him, they can run their race and do mighty and great things. And that, at a very young age, is already trying to be taken from them. Like, nah, you're just okay. You're not as smart as so-and-so. Well, maybe you don't need to be as smart. Maybe you don't have to be the smartest person in the world. Maybe you don't have to be the best athlete in the world because that's not the path that you're on. But everything that you need to run your race is in you because you have the greater one. And then on top of that, you have all this stuff that's been put in you, and then you've got him at your back. <laughs> and then he is a multiplier. Just like he multiplied five loaves and two fishes, he's multiplying the things he put you in you from the beginning. He's multiplying it. You are not going to fail. No, the more that we look to him, the more that we understand him, the less that we're in fear. Anxiety has no place when we understand his love for us. 
when we understand that he is at our back, that he is leading and guiding and directing our steps, when we press into God and understand who he is, the anxiety lessens. The more that we know him, the less anxious we are because love and fear cannot abide. When we get in heaven, there is no fear. None. None. So the more that we understand God loves us, the less fearful we are. The more that we press into him, the less that we have to deal with some of the things. We have hope that the world does not have hope. Why? Because we have God. Because he is with us. And the more we understand that and press into that knowledge, the less we will be afraid. The le- and, and then we're going to not only be unafraid, but we're going to be bold. Bold as lions. I mean, just like, hey, you want to know about Jesus? Let me tell you. <laughs> we're not going to be afraid. Oh, you might reject me. <laughs> that is fear. Uh, afraid that's out. No, no, we're not stupid and rude because love isn't rude. So we're not going to be rude to say, you know, I'm bold. Excuse me, my boldness is, makes me rude. Well, that's not love. <laughs> boldness and rude are not the same. <laughs> you can be bold and very kind. Jesus is. He's very kind. He's very kind. And if, if we're tender towards him, he he is able to manifest that in our lives. He loves us so very much. So when we understand who God is and that he loves us, uh, we are not afraid to die because we know for sure I'm going to heaven. (laughs) Why do I know that I'm going to heaven? Because Romans 10, 9 and 10 says so. Uh, uh, Let's start at 8. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's that easy. (laughs) It's that simple. We can complicate it, but it's that simple. God loves us. He died for us. And so we believe that. We accept that. And guess what? We're going to heaven. We have eternal salvation. Not just right now, but we can know without a doubt. So when they're having a funeral for us, we're like, oh, I'm sorry that I'm not there to see you and, and love on you, but I'm partying in heaven. <laughs> I'm seeing Jesus face to face, and as much as I love you guys, I'm not coming back. <laughs> I want to be here in heaven face to face. We have that kind of assurance. And the greatest gift that we can give our family is that they know that we're in heaven. So that when they're having our funeral, Ah, we're going to see mom, dad, whoever up in heaven. 
this is a temporary goodbye, and yes, we're sad because we can't talk to him any anytime that we want to, but we're going to see him again. We'll see him on the other side. What a peace, what a joy that we can have. Death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? There is no victory in death when we are um, followers of Christ. We have a hope. We do not mourn. We do not sorrow as those without God. But we are excited that, wow, they're in heaven loving Jesus. <laughs> so when we believe that God loves us, we can believe his promises are for us. They're not just for the good people. <laughs> you know, sometimes I, the devil will just tell you you're never good enough. And so we have to believe that God loves us. He doesn't just love Pastor Jim because Pastor Jim's a pastor. <laughs> so therefore, God's going to love him. No, he loves each and every one of us. He loves us all the time. He's always with us. He loves us. And so because of that, his promises are for us. Joshua was not the only one that entered the promised land. Every single person that was an Israelite in that time got to go in the promised land. He didn't leave people out. God is not a respecter of persons in that sense. His love is for every single one of us in this room and those that are watching online. His love is for each and every one of us. And so his promise, if he said it in the word, that is for us. As believers, as Christians, as followers of Christ, that is for us. And so he wants uh, to help us to know that. So if there's ever a time, you know, that there was the one man that said, please help my unbelief. There are times that, you know, we're all in that place. The pressures are high, they're mounting, they're just, and, and it is hard to believe. <laughs> this is too good to be true. Help me to believe it. And God said, I'll help you. He'll help us. He'll help us to believe his word if we ask him. And if we're, you know, sometimes it's easy, though, to think there is no way because when I was at school, they told me that all the ways to God are right. So I'm going to believe that. Well, you know what? You're going against the word. <laughs> so we, there are certain things that we have to say, no, this is what the Bible says. And when we say and line up with what the Bible says, then we have confidence he will reveal himself to us. He will show himself to us. He will show us. He wants to reveal himself to us. Sometimes we, you know, the reason why we don't know everything about God is because we couldn't comprehend it all. So he reveals himself to us little by little. He keeps showing us. I know more about him today than I did last year. I understand more about him now. But you know what? There, I have not exhausted it. None of us have. So next year, my goal is to know more about him. Next year. And he can reveal himself more to us as we say yes to him today. 
as we say, okay, God says, yes, you can do this. You are more than a conqueror. Yes, you can overcome. I don't think I can. I don't think I can. He's like, okay, I'll be patient until, until you think you can. And then finally you get to the point where you think you can. And then you do it. And now you're further. And now you've gone. And so now he's showing you, now try this. <laughs> Let's do this. And oh, I don't think I can. I don't think I can. Okay, but you can. I'm telling you, you can. I wouldn't have told you to do it if I didn't think you could do it. You can do it. And so he begins to just keep showing us and revealing himself to us. And sometimes it's stretching. Sometimes it's not fun because it's stretching. Because you're like, I don't see how that's possible. Well, the more that I realize it's not possible in my strength and my ability, but it's possible because God said it's possible and he's at my back and he's going to make it happen, that's freeing. Then you're like, okay, I'll try it. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll walk on that water. Yeah, if you bid me come, that's what Peter said, I'll do it. Because at that moment, he was so engulfed in who Jesus was. He was like, I can do it. I'll jump out. That's one of the cool things about Peter. He was one that, like, he might have, you know, missed it in other ways. But he was like, if you say it, I'm going to try it. <laughs> and he did. He tried a lot of things. And so uh, we, we believe that God loves us, not because of a feeling. Sometimes I have, um, sometimes people will call the church and I, I can remember this one conversation I had with someone, and um, they were like, I don't feel like Jesus loves me. And I'm like, but your feelings can change. And that, that person could not believe the word over what they felt. And that's not true. The word is truth no matter what we feel like. So if God says, I love you, if he says he is love, that's the truth, despite what our feelings say, despite how, well, I, I you know, I, I went to church, and in praise and worship, I just didn't feel it. He's here. <laughs> Whether or not you feel it or not. Why? Because his word says, where two or three are gathered, I'm in the midst. He inhabits the praises of his people. So whether we get a tingly sensation or not, he's still here. He's still there. He's still with us. Oh, today I feel sad. I don't feel like God is with me. No, the word says he's here. So I'm going to believe the word instead of what I feel. I'm not going to trust my feelings. I'm going to trust that God said. God said there's a reason why Paul said in Ephesians that he's praying for them to understand the breadth and length and depth and height of the love of God. Because when we understand that, God is all-powerful. God is love. Love is all-powerful. When we can walk in that type of love because we understand we are loved, we are walking in a power that is greater than our own. And it's not one that's vicious and mean and spiteful and has to put people in their place because I'm just going to be rude about it. That's not God. You know, 
politics are really, really rude right now. And it makes some people just turned off completely on it. And that's, that's fine. But I'm just telling you, God is the God no matter what. No matter who's in office, no matter what's going on. He is God. And he's not rude. And so we're not going to be able to share the love of God with people if we're mad at them and angry. <laughs> and so he loves us. I'm going to get back. That's a little sight. But he loves us. He is for us. And as we understand that love and how it changed us, you know, I do so much better when um, I am not afraid that if I make a mistake, someone's going to pounce on me and, and show me that I made the mistake. I can remember I was in college, and I had a group of friends at the time. And sometimes, um, I'm just telling you about me because, you know, I know me. <laughs> so uh, I was in college going through this thing, and, and sometimes I would say something and I didn't say it quite right. And I, I know the majority of you probably have never done that. But sometimes you say something and it doesn't come out quite, like you get a little tongue-tied or something about it and, and it, you kind of like stutter or something. I didn't necessarily stutter, but I just didn't, like you try to say a phrase and you, and you say it wrong. <laughs> and you know what you mean, but people, other people don't necessarily know what you mean. Well, it got to a point where there was this period of time where... Every time I would say it wrong, I would have two or three girls say, you said it wrong, giggle, giggle, giggle. <laughs> would you know what started happening? I would anticipate them to say that, and I'd get so nervous, and then I was always saying something wrong. <laughs> like, I just couldn't get the phrases out right. And, and I realized, you know what is happening? I'm expecting to do it wrong. And I had to get free from that pressure, like, okay, I'm not going to take that pressure. I'm just going to talk, and if you laugh, you laugh, but I'm just going to keep going for it. You know, uh, God is not expecting you to fail. That's not, so when you're trying things, he's not there going to laugh at you and make fun of you and say, oh, you didn't do that right. <laughs> you failed. He's not there. He's like, try it again. Get up. Try it again. You can do it. You got it. I can thrive in that kind of atmosphere, can't you? I mean, when you know that it doesn't matter if you mess up, the person's still with you. I, what, a, what a powerful atmosphere that that is. And we, in turn, can begin to create that kind of an atmosphere for the people in our lives. I'm with you. Yeah, you're going to mess up, but I'm with you. I love you. I love you. I'm with you. And when we understand that type of love is for us, then we can give that kind of love towards other people as well. All right. So we love God because he loves us. So that's, that's a huge thing right there. I'm going to end on that note is that because he ran after us, because he sought us, then that's the reason why we love him. We don't love him to get him to love us. 
He loved us, and in turn, we love him. And that's a difference in a motivation. The one is selfish in a way. I'm doing this to you so that you'll love me. But man, if we can get to the point where you, we're doing what, like Jesus did for us, I'm going to love you before you even take a step towards me. Before you even come to me, I'm going to love you. Man, that's powerful. And so we're loving God because he loved us. And so then we are responding to his love. We are showing him and able to reciprocate to him what he has already given to us. And so no longer is it like, God, I just want you to, please, to be pleased with me. No, God, I want to please you. I want to do things for you because you are love and you love me. And you do it so unconditionally that now, in turn, I want my life to give back to you. I want to, I want to serve you. I want to give to you. I want to praise you. Not because I have to, but because I want to. Not because I think you're going to get mad at me if I don't, but because I want to be in that presence. I want to be close to you. And so I'm going to love you so that I can um, be around you all the time. Isn't that amazing? And so, yes, we are celebrating Valentine's Day, and we are loving on the people that mean so much to us, but it's so important. We will love them better when we understand the love that was already given to us and how that he loves us, and then in turn we love him, and then out of that overflow we can love others and love them deeper, and love them fully, and uh, what a place to be.